0: Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirkanish right here. In the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. We've spent a lot of time talking about juries this week. The case of Kyle Rittenhouse in Kenosha has captured a lot of our attention. Will that jury ultimately accept his self-defense claim? We're going to find out soon because closing arguments are on Monday. Uh, Interestingly, yesterday's highlight, I mean, everything was so serious the day before and serious subject matter yesterday as well. We were talking about Rittenhouse and what he had said on cross-examination. Yesterday was a little bit different of a headline coming out of Judge Bruce Schroeder's courtroom. It concerned a comment that he made about lunch orders. Uh, Let's hope for one o'clock. I don't know. The... um... Hopefully, Asian food isn't coming. It's on isn't on one of those boats in Long, uh, Long Beach Harbor. Um, but let's. Uh... Yesterday, um, meanwhile, in Glynn County, Georgia, another jury sitting in judgment of the men accused of murdering Ahmad Arbery. The testimony yesterday was from the homeowner of the house under construction where Aubrey was videotaped on several occasions. Apparently, he visited it five times never stealing, never vandalizing the, uh, the property. A lawyer for one of the three defendants in that case voiced objection to Al Sharpton and other civil rights leaders or religious leaders showing up in court. The idea that we're going to be serially bringing these people in to sit with the victim's family one after another, obviously there's only so many pastors they can have. And if that, their pastor's Al Sharpton right now. That's fine, but then that's it. We don't want any more black pastors coming in here, or other Jesse Jackson, whoever was in was in here earlier this week. Which is more politically the incorrect? The the judge in Kenosha wondering if the the Asian food is on a long boat from China or whatever it is he said, or we've got enough black pastors already here in Glynn County. Uh, how else has jury conversation? Been a part of the mix here on my program this week. Well, I made a comment yesterday about the two families from California who have one has filed. The other certainly will file the lawsuit that they have against a California IVF facility over the mix up of their embryos. That caused the mothers to carry someone else's baby to term and then to raise them as their own for several months. And then the mistake is is unraveled and corrected when the infants are returned to their, you know, quote unquote, true parents. And I said for a plaintiff yesterday, the value of that case in front of a jury is akin to someone being run over by a casino bus. That is my trial lawyer expression. My license is intact. It hangs on the wall of a prestigious Plaintiff's trial practice based in Philadelphia. And you know that I'm always interested in jury reactions, whether it's civil or criminal. On the civil side, sometimes I'll have repartee with TC. We'll play a little game. What's it worth? Where she'll pitch to me facts and I will then ballpark how I think it'll turn out in front of a jury. But having said all that, I'm struggling to determine value for a new category of case. Cases that have been in the news recently that today I'm inclined to discuss because they are subject of a Washington Post lead editorial. Which we published at Smirconish.com and of course you can therefore find it in today's newsletter. I think I know the political value. I think that the cases that I'm about to describe would be potentially devastating to the Biden administration politically. What I'm not certain of is how a jury would treat these cases. And, and, and first, a confession of sorts, the first rule of law when you're trying to ballpark the value of a case is where it will be heard and by whom. You know, when I was trying cases as a plaintiff's lawyer in Pennsylvania, I wanted to be in the city of Philadelphia. I didn't want to be in central Pennsylvania. I didn't want to be in what would later become Trump country. And I don't know to a certainty where the cases that I'm now thinking of are going to be heard. It would seem it's a district court in Arizona. It could be a district court in California. It could be in Washington, D.C. So I'm coming to you as the nationwide cross-section court of public opinion to tell me how you would ballpark, handicap, value, What I'm about to describe by now, you have heard that the U.S. government is being sued by families who were separated during the Trump administration. And so the ACLU is handling the litigation for these families. They've they've they've, I think, been given the benefit of class action status. So they'll all be consolidated and handled through one means instead of a number of different uh, determinations by uh, uh, separate courts. The Trump administration had a zero tolerance policy, which it later abandoned and a judge halted the same judge ordering reunification with the families. But that didn't happen in many instances. The overall goal, the Trump administration said at the time, was to slow the number of people crossing the border illegally. But several of those officials have since apologized for the consequence of that policy. Immigration law gives children greater legal protection than it does adults. So while the adults' asylum cases could be dismissed quickly, allowing them to be deported, the children mostly remained in the U.S. in child welfare shelters or living with relatives. And the reports that brought this all to light recently are those by the Wall Street Journal principally and Washington Post to a more limited extent that say the Biden administration is looking to settle And considering paying $450,000 per person, which has sparked a hue and cry among Republicans, like how in the world could you be paying illegals, quote unquote, $450,000 each? What would be the damages that would cause the Justice Department to say $450,000 is probably the right value on these files? Well, From the journal coverage, there was this in testimony before the New York City Council, Jennifer Havens, director of the director and chief of the services for child and adolescent psychiatry at Manhattan's Bellevue Hospital Center said the separated children have experienced trauma, whether at home or in crossing the border and being separated from a parent. In New York City, the roughly 300 separated children in the care of various social service organizations have regular access to mental health staff and city services. Most of the children are resilient, Dr. Haven said, but there's a subset who have a significant disorder associated with the trauma of separation. Some show signs of major depression, which can lead to suicidal ideation or attempts. So in steps the ACLU, which represents families in one of the lawsuits, they say there are about 5,500, 5,500 affected children. They haven't found them all. 940 claims and my information that I'm citing from The Wall Street Journal is dated by two weeks. So maybe it's more than this now, but 940 claims have been filed. Most of the families reportedly crossed the border illegally from Mexico, not necessarily originating in Mexico, seeking asylum in the U.S. Typically, they included one parent and one child. If I go to the ACLU website, I'm I'm told the following. Thousands of children, including babies and toddlers, were ripped from their parents' arms, obviously written with with some emotion here, the ACLU, you know, litigating on behalf of these families. Thousands of children, including babies and toddlers, were ripped from their parents' arms with little or no warning. No explanations were given as to why they were being separated. No answers were provided as to where the children were taken. No information was given to either the children or parents about each other's whereabouts. Children were sent to to facilities hundreds or thousands of miles away from their parents. The separated families were not told when or even if they would ever see each other again. Many children and parents did not see each other again for a year or more. The separated children, after being taken from their parents, were detained in punitive conditions, which included going without communication with their parents for weeks or months. During this period, parents had no idea how their children were being cared for or by whom. Several parents attempted suicide. Some tragically occurred. Traumatized children were not provided any meaningful treatment to address the suffering they experienced or the lasting effects of their separation and confinement. Okay, so so those are the damages. Those are the damages from this family separation policy, this zero tolerance policy adopted by the Trump administration trying to send a message. Hey, stop coming here because, frankly, this is what's going to happen when you get here. So you can imagine the GOP pushback, right? That these payments will go to undocumented immigrants, although that's not their word choice. Um, Although you could respond and say, yeah, but many were seeking asylum and their claims could be legit on that basis. Or the argument is it'll incentivize others to come here when word gets out that the United States is paying four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for separated families. I mean, there are two issues with that. One is you need to be willing to be separated from your kid if you want the four fifty. And we stopped this practice in twenty eighteen. But those are the those are the typical arguments you hear. So now enter the Washington Post. I hope I've done a decent job of, it, of at least providing some of the the framework for this conversation. So the Washington Post in an editorial today, this is not a column from one person. This is the editorial board headline trying to put a price tag on trauma suffered by families separated at the border. Good luck. And the gist of this is to say $450,000, and I'll come to the president in a moment, because I think he wasn't briefed and didn't know and and, and had that initial reaction. He's since changed. But the Washington Post says $450,000, yeah, that's a lot of money. But you know what? Maybe it's a bargain. Maybe it's a smart business decision, because if jurors hear this, and this is where all of you come in in the POTUS audience, maybe it's going to be a lot more. Quote, any bets on how a jury would react to testimony about the trauma suffered by very small children who in some cases could not recognize their own parents after many months apart? How large a settlement a jury would support for what may plausibly be a lifetime of mental and emotional anguish and mental health treatment arising from a child wrenched physically away from her mother or by strangers with no system in place to track the mother or return the child, question mark? Yeah, we agree, says the Washington Post. Yes, we agree that paying individual migrants $450,000 apiece or nearly $1 million for a single mother and her child would be a jaw-dropping sum. It far exceeds U.S. government payouts to other grievously wronged groups, including Japanese-Americans interned during World War II or African-Americans with syphilis who were deceived and left untreated by government doctors in the Tuskegee study in the mid-20th century. This is the key part. Yet, given that family separation ignited universal revulsion, who can be sure that contemporary jurors wouldn't be so similarly disgusted that they might award a, timey, a tidy sum of, say, one million to each traumatized migrant. So the, the Post says proceeding to trial in the hundreds of lawsuits would be a massive misuse of public resources and a years-long folly. Better to settle and soon, and by doing so, acknowledge the government's responsibility in having inflicted such pain. So now I go to the comments of the Washington Post lead editorial saying 450000 that might be a bargain. That might be a bargain, Tom Cotton. The comments are really, um, uh, what would I say, extreme, meaning there's like no middle ground. It's like people who say what we did was horrible, pay up, resolve it, make it go away. And people who say, are you kidding me? We're going to, you know, we're going to write a check to them. For example, one person says the party responsible for all this. It's not the U.S. government. It's not customs and border, but it's the parents. It's the parents who drag their kids illegally across a, a sovereign border. Or those who say in response to the ACLU, we haven't found a lot of these kids yet. Or or the the families are still separated, a better way to put it. The families are still separated. Some people point out, well, these families, they, they, they don't necessarily want to be separated, but it was a deliberate decision that the parents made to abandon their children in the hopes that the kids would have a better life and that if they stuck together, they'd be sent back home. Someone else, why would we, I'm just paraphrasing all of these, why would we allow someone to profit from an illegal act? If they were coming here illegally, they need to bear the consequences is the gist of that. Someone else, why why would we pay $450,000 to an individual who came here illegally and and admittedly had a very rough time when if you are a military spouse and your partner dies in combat, do you know what the amount is that you get? Do you know what the so-called gratuity is? I don't. $100,000. <gasps> Ooh, that puts it into perspective. Right? Someone else. If you pay these sums, you are handing the keys to the White House to Donald Trump. Now, by the way, let me just say parenthetically that there's an argument which says if jurors decide this is the value and the money gets paid, um, well, wouldn't that establish the opinion in the court of, of public consciousness as to what the value was? um but there's that old you know passion there's that old passion point that i make which is that a majority view might be one way but the minority in that same issue may have more passion about it and come out for example in in uh, beloved and and teaching tony morrison's book my gut is i'd like to think that a majority of parents are cool with that reading beloved I would like to think that a majority, but that their support's a little soft, and that the ones who are really angry about that book being taught are the ones who are going to show up and vote. This is that kind of an issue. The The people who are going to be motivated to come out on this issue, says says the host of this program, are the people who are really against the idea. In his first weeks in office, President Biden pledged to reunite the separated families. He described the actions undertaken by the Trump administration as a moral and national shame. It was November 3rd that he was first asked about the Wall Street Journal report. As you were leaving for your overseas trip, there were reports that were surfacing that your administration is planning to pay illegal immigrants who are separated from their families at the border up to $450,000 each, possibly a million dollars per family. Do you think that that might incentivize more people to come over illegally? If you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, but it's not so, true. So this is a garbage report? Yeah. Okay. So $450,000 $450, per person. Is that what you're saying? That was separated from a family member at the border under, under the last administration. That's not going to happen. I don't think he knew. I don't think he'd been briefed. I don't I'm not blaming Biden for not knowing somebody should have brought him into the loop on this. Uh, I just think he just did not know he did not know calling it garbage. No, it's a legitimate report. There's too much now has been reported with detail on this. So now it's November 4 and it's is the pronunciation Kareem Jean-Pierre? Kareem Jean-Pierre. Kareem Jean-Pierre is asked about that response. It's one day later. She's, yeah, she's in for Jen Psaki. And she says that, well, here's the exchange. These reports about the administration again. paying up to $450,000 to illegal immigrants who are separated from family members. Garbage. He says it's not going to happen. But the ACLU says that it is. So, who is right? Wait, are you talking about the question you asked him yesterday? Yes. So, um, if it saves taxpayer dollars and puts uh, the disastrous history of the previous administration's use of zero tolerance and family separation behind us, the president is perfectly comfortable with the Department of Justice settling with the individuals and families who are currently in litigation with the U.S. government. You know, DOJ can obviously speak more to that process. The president was, what he was reacting to uh, was the dollar figure that was mentioned, that you mentioned to him yesterday, Mm. Uh, as press accounts to date indicate, there's been press accounts on this, O.J. made clear to the plaintiffs that the reported figures are higher than anywhere that a settlement can land. Again, this is a this is something Washington that department- Washington Post today says, hey, maybe it's a bargain. Washington Post says, yeah, it's a jaw dropping sum. Yet, given that family separation ignited universal revulsion, who can be sure that contemporary jurors wouldn't be so similarly disgusted that they might award a tidy sum of, say, a million dollars? To each traumatized, traumatized migrant. So two days after Ms. Jean-Pierre speaks, now the president is asked about it again. You said last week uh, that this report about uh, migrant families at the border getting payments uh, was garbage. No, I didn't uh, say that. Let's get the re- it straight. You re- said everybody coming across the border gets $500,000, $450,000. So the number was what you had a problem The number I was referring to. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Sure. If, in fact, because of the, the outrageous behavior of the last administration, you coming across the border, whether it was legal or illegal, and you lost your child, you lost your child, it's gone, you deserve some kind of compensation, no matter what the circumstance. What that will be, I have no idea. I have no idea. What's the number? Ladies and gentlemen, what, what is the number? Some, some people are saying nothing. The, the, number, the number is a Blutarski. It's a 0.0. They came here illegally and an American jury, whatever that might mean, an American jury is going to recognize that, understand that it was the parents who put them in that perilous condition, that we had no choice and will not write a check. The Washington Post says, no, it's potentially an enormous check that will be written. The um, comment that I liked the most was John of Austin writing in the comment section of the Washington Post. If the Biden administration offers to pay families of illegal immigrant children more than $5,000 a child, we should throw all the bums out. They were not American citizens. They had no legal right to be in the U.S. First, according to the DOD, the payment provided when a service member is killed in action is called a death gratuity. It is a special tax-free $100,000. And then John from Austin says, The internment of Americans of Japanese descent in U.S. concentration camps during World War II? Well, in 1988, President Reagan signed the Civil Liberties Act to compensate more than 100,000 people. The legislation offered a formal apology. It paid out $20,000, which is $39,000 in 2019 dollars. Tuskegee, 1932, the US PHS Working in the Tuskegee Institute, began a study to record the natural history of syphilis. It was originally called the Tuskegee Study of Untreated Syphilis in the Negro Male. By 1943, penicillin was the treatment of choice. During the study, many of the men died of syphilis, yada, yada, yada. Under the terms, it was a $10 million settlement. Living group participants received $37,500. Heirs received 15000 Living control group participants received 16,000, their heirs, $5,000. The victims of these U.S. government atrocities were American citizens. They suffered for years or died. They received peanuts compared to what the Biden-Harris people want to pay the families of illegal immigrant children. It makes no sense, says one person. Okay. Okay. I could go on and on about this. I'm really fascinated by it. I don't, I don't have a fixed view. It's entirely dependent. I need to know where. But what if we were trying this case in your area? And let, Let's, for this conversation, assume horrible treatment, circumstances, depression, suicidal ideation, etc., etc., etc. Let's assume that some really nasty stuff took place here. Nevertheless, what's the number? Hear more of Michael Smirkanish on SiriusXM's POTUS, channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirkanish for Independent Minds. A new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.